everybody. Welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch. How are you? It's been a while, everybody, but I'm so excited to be back with some really great friends, colleagues, producers that I really love working with. Please welcome Jason Rowland and Joe Lores from the World Series of Comedy. Hey. Oh, <laughs> I love how you said this is audio only and you're super animated on the Zoom show that we're recording this through. It's just how I am. I can't. Yeah, help. I love it. I also <laughs> love the pronunciation of Joe's name. That's how I tease him. I say that he lowers expectations when people go see him live. Oh, no. Joe, how do you say your name the right way? Uh, Lowers. <gasps> Should we do it again? Should I no. just do this again? No. no, no way are we doing this again. <laughs> no, no. Everyone, everyone must know this. That so, you okay, did not so, take the time to make sure you had my name correctly. I was just on no. <laughs> To be fair, she almost messed up her own name. Yeah. Okay, I didn't think this was going to go off the rails so quickly, but... Well, it's done. It's done. Well, you're also so sorry about that. No, that's okay. Well, let's start off, you know, what I ask all of my guests, and you guys can fight who can answer this first. Who are you? What makes you so special? Go to Joe. Uh, me. Uh, I just, I'm Joe Lowers. And um, <laughs> he lowers your score after watching me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Joe. I'm the owner, CEO, president of the World Series of Comedy. Uh, it's a comedy festival that's been around for 13 years. And that's who I am. I'm a comic. I've been, also been a comic for the last 28 years. Nice. Yes. yes, you are. I had the joy of watching you close out some of the shows last year, and that was a treat. Thank you. <laughs> we always tease Joe that he doesn't have a ton of material. And then uh, from time to time, he'll do a, his full show the day after the festival ends in some of the host venues we go to. Oh, yeah. And so one day I actually kept tally marks, and after the show, I kind of begrudgingly told him, yeah, you got like a dozen jokes. It's okay. <laughs> okay, you do have material. Because he's he's actually very gifted at riffing with the audience, and uh, he has sort of a skill that uh, this, uh, people like uh, a lot of people might be familiar with Ian Bad because he did really well on Last Comic Standing a few seasons ago. And Joe is very similar in that way; like he'll throw it like a line out to the audience, like a fishing line, try and break them in to say something. You know Ian? And then yeah, I do know Ian. And then pull them back into. Uh, oh, I was asking Mary. Oh, of course I know Ian. <laughs> I wish we had the video for this. <laughs> We're just all acting like idiots three minutes into a uh, show. Maybe but, this will be the first one we'll put on YouTube. Who knows? Um, well, I, I love how Joe is like self-sabotaging him. I very rarely compliment him, but I'm in the middle of a compliment. Yeah, just completely him. So he's, he's a fine comic. Let me put it that way. He's, oh, he's middling to average. Great. This is great audio we are getting. This is unbelievable. I need all this. Jason said I was uh, good. I think he said I was good. Yeah. I, Fair to average. You said I have some jokes. I, About a dozen. Yeah. yeah. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. <laughs> okay. So. So my story. Yeah. Is, uh, I'm a former comedy club manager at uh, the Comedy Mix in Vancouver, BC, which unfortunately is shuttered now. Um, and then I've been associated with the festival since 2015. But Joe and I met each other probably 17 years ago or so in Las Vegas playing poker. Mm. And uh, we had a funny situation come up in the middle of the game. And he was kind of like teasing me during a hand. And it was right before one of the uh, 
breaks in the tournament. So we chatted for two minutes during the break and he gave me his business card, which at the time was a red poker chip with his phone number and his face on it. And uh, I called him like two weeks later and goes, oh, you're still in town. I'm like, no, I'm already back. And so he realized that I would come to Vegas fairly frequently to play poker. And we just hung out and became friends. And one day I accidentally cashed that chip in for five bucks at Treasure Island. <laughs> and so I had to go back to the casino and go, uh, I think I just committed fraud. Plus one of those chips has my only copy of the phone number of the buddy I'm trying to keep in touch with. So, uh, so they had to call the cascade supervisor and they didn't give me shit or anything, but, uh, it was yeah, just kind I of spent two years in jail. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But Canadian jail. So it was a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you guys were really just meant for each other probably or very early on to then with, with comedy and then to create something of, you know, blend that with your love of gambling. I'm sorry, poker. You right. know, um, is, is that it's very Shakespearean want? in scope? Yeah, it's 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 very much a Romeo and Romeo type of story. <laughs> One of us is gonna die. Yeah, and then kill uh, the other. It's murder suicide for sure. <laughs> I'm surprised they cashed that chip. Was it before they had technology? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't like I just went with one five-dollar chip. It was in a stack of like twenty to cash in. It was an unusual uh, cash out for him. Yeah, yeah, to have more he had than more one, one five-dollar chip. chip. <laughs> I came home from Royal Caribbean cruise in December with a twenty-five-dollar chip, and I was so mad that I forgot oh, yeah. to cash it, and I was like, "Ugh." You so might, yeah, you know, give it to Jason. He'll get your twenty-five. Oh, you shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, you would probably know enough comics that work on cruise ships. You could probably give it to one and make a cash it. Or, I mean, break. I would just rather just get, yeah, I wouldn't mind just giving it to somebody so it didn't go to waste. But, um, right. yeah, I gotta find out who's gonna be on. But, oh, but it has the name of the ship, it's like specific to that mm -hmm. ship, also. So, anyway, well, that's exciting. So, so here we are today. You're producing the World Series of Comedy. This is this the 13th year of the festival? Yep, yes. Okay, so I'm glad you're here because a lot I participated in it last year and I feel like after a year I really got my bearings. I get I get it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there's stuff I still don't know or you know whatever. But a lot of people there's have been stuff Joe still doesn't know. So yeah. and he created it and has been running it for 13 years. Yeah. Well, a lot of so many rules. They're like Mary, you did this last year. You know, can you tell me about it? And I tell them what I know, what I can. Um, but honestly, it's like, you just have to do it. Um, so what can you tell us about the festival? Why is it is very unique? It's not like other comedy festivals. It's competition. It's a festival. It's a learning training ground. Like, tell us about it. I think you hit everything. I think okay. you did it. Yeah, I yeah. think Joe, Joe kind of created this festival after seeing a gap in the market for comedians uh, who fill the feature role at comedy clubs throughout the country. He would go on tour and see a really great comedian in say Wichita or Des Moines or something like that, come back home to Pittsburgh and talk to the comedy club manager there. And they're like, Oh, we don't know who they are. We can't book them. And so Joe was like, wow, these people are super underrepresented. They're very strong. They're funny. They just don't have the means to showcase, to get paid work. And sometimes they just don't have like the financial flexibility to get paid work. And so he put together a little competition in Pittsburgh for a couple of years before moving to Las Vegas. That was kind of the instigation of the World Series of Comedy. 
and it kind of grew from there. So Joe, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, uh, you said it much nicer than me. I just was mad. I would be out there on the road and I'd see these comics and, I, and I, in my head, I'd be like, man, my friends from back home would, should see these guys. They should get to perform. And the club owner just was a jerk and he just wouldn't uh, hire them. And so I asked him what was his slowest month and he gave me the entire, I said, give me that month, give me $10,000 and guarantee me eight weeks of work and i did shows that entire month and i uh ended up getting like 12 or 13 weeks of work and we gave away ten thousand dollars and it really did great and i didn't think i could pull it off but it did and then when i moved to vegas i kind of shelved it because i was like i don't have 10 grand to give away and uh i every year i'd get it back out and think about how i could help comics but i couldn't figure out how to do it and then like one day I was like, well, comics would like work. So I called every single club that I had headlined for and worked for and explained my idea and asked them for a week of feature work. And the first year we got 37 weeks of work. We, uh, that was 2010. Uh, and over a hundred and some comics came out to the Las Vegas. I went to the casino that I had my show in and I went to the GM and I said, hey, will you give me a bunch of rooms? And this is my plan. I'm going to give rooms away to the club owners. I'm going to pack the place. And I just kept saying I was going to do this stuff. And I didn't know if I was or if it would. And it did. And I remember the first time we had our meet and greet, uh, I was standing there and there's a huge room with all these club owners that I had worked for and tried to talk to and they're all standing in this room behind tables waiting for the comics to come in. And I opened a door and there's 150 comics in the hallway. And I, I just got like, I was like hyperventilating. I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't believe I did this. Like, and did then I'm, this. like everyone's looking at me and I go, yeah, yeah I'm like, uh, open the doors. <laughs> and they all just come in like swarm of bees and just attack. And the hardest thing comedians have to do in order to get paid work on the road is uh, showcase in person because that's the number one way to get paid work and to showcase in person you can only go to one club a week uh, and whatever you can afford so maybe you can do one trip a month so maybe you're showcasing 10 or 12 times a year whereas with the world series of comedy we put together a festival where 40 or 50 industry members are going to be on site for an entire week you get an opportunity to network all week long you get to meet these people that become friends and peers with you and you also get to meet 150, 200 other comics who also become friends and peers and referrals to the home club or a couch to crash on. And so I think the funny thing for Joe in the creation and the evolution of the World Series of Comedy is that he thought it would be a one-off. And then he's like, well, let me try this again next year. It was pretty successful last year. And the thing that I think, and we've talked about this quite a bit, Joe and I, the thing that surprised him the most was the number of people who re-registered. He kind of thought people would sign up for one year and then not come back. And what has happened over the course of the last 13 years is the World Series of Comedy has kind of developed this reputation as a great networking opportunity for comedians and a great kind of like peer review opportunity for comedians, a great professional development opportunity because during the main event, we run daytime seminars, two seminars a day for the whole week, including Q&As with club owners. You get to ask the question you've always wanted to ask of a club owner or a club booker. And you get to see their side of the equation and you realize, oh, this isn't personal. This is a numbers game. I not only need to be good, but I also need to follow these criteria that they want in terms of 
How do I get them the material? How are they going to review my performances? Should I send them a link? Should I email? Should I text? Should I call? How frequently? So you get answers to all those questions and people started coming back because they found value in that. And so now we have this major community. And the fun thing for Joe and I is we'll jump on Facebook or Instagram and we'll see a show that has been put together, like an independent show at a bar in Plano, Texas. And all, and we know for a fact, the two people running that show and producing it together never would have met if it wasn't for the festival. So that's what we're most proud about is creating opportunities. I was on a show like that two weeks ago in San Diego. I didn't produce it, but Neil Rubenstein was there. I was like, hey, I know you because I knew much at World Series Comedy. Oh, um, yeah. And then so many more, like uh, so many more people. It's like your web just gets like exponentially bigger. Um, so and as you're explaining this, and one of the things that came to my mind, and Jason, you kind of really just hit it home, but it seems like, you know, your festival, it's beneficial for everybody. It's not just beneficial for you or the venue it's really beneficial for comics also they're getting a lot out of it which is pretty huge well that's our primary our, focus our first role is it's got to be good for the comic mm-hmm. yeah and, i mean i have canceled satellites i have we declined one this year I we told, had yeah we did we had someone it. actively ask us to do a satellite at their venue and, and they offered us a really nice chunk of money to come to it and they offer every there's things that we look at, but the one thing that didn't work out was where it was located and how hard and how much money it would cost for the comics to get there. Yeah. And I told the guy no, and he was like, really? And I go, maybe next year if we have more time, but it's just not enough time for the comics. And this is for them. Thank you. That's right. And it's also really beneficial to the industry. Cause if you think about it, if you're running a club, most of your day is doing administrative stuff. You're going to be in the showroom, supervising the showroom for 30 hours out of your 50 or 60 hour work week. You're going to have to do inventory, ordering, training, hiring, all that kind of stuff. So the amount of time you have to, to actually watch either video clips or in-person showcases is really limited at the club level. So if all of a sudden you're knee deep in an environment where you can watch a 150 comics in one week yeah. that's an amazing bounty of potential new that you can expose to your own club audience because one of the challenges that club owners and club bookers have is audience fatigue audiences seeing the same performers over and over again especially at the local level because you have to provide stage time so that you can help them develop but there also becomes this tipping point where it's like oh i've seen john smith or jane doe 12 times in the last six months at this club, I'd like to see something fresh. And so the World Series of Comedy can help a club booker or a club owner provide fresh opportunities for their audiences. Yeah. Um, I've been feeling that a lot lately as, or realizing it or learning it recently as a comedian that you're not going to get booked anywhere unless they've seen you. Like yeah. I've, you know, I've been sending out emails, but it's, it's the time where they can at least see me for a moment um, to where that's going to yield something. So I, it is a great opportunity. And I really saw it as, especially the year last year. So, and then it was like a long time before that I signed up with one of the specials, uh, that you had. And I was like, Hey, this is great. And, and one of you either, you know, you, you phrased it this way. It's like, it's an investment in your comedy career. So I thought to myself, so this was 2021 and this was probably late 2020. I was like, might as well sign up for this because I don't know what comedy is going to look like. Let me just plant right. this down the calendar 
And, you know, it gives you a reason to go somewhere. Cause I think that's where I'm at right now. I just need a reason to go somewhere. <laughs> that's great. You're just like, I just need to leave. Yeah. And we well, do 12. To like invite me or just some, just one little thing. Well, we, we love your live show. satellites around the country every year. And they basically work as de facto showcases yeah. for any of the performers that, that are in it. And the other thing too, is that by passing along the onus to the World Series of Comedy to make sure that the event comes off. It's not like you're booking a showcase somewhere where the club might be closed that week or the owner might not be on site. Right. You're like, I'm participating with the World Series of Comedy. Not only are they going to ensure that the event goes off well that week while I'm in town, but they're also going to make sure that there's a decision maker in the audience that sees me that could potentially book me. Huge. And so it happens at uh, House of Comedy Arizona a lot, which I know is a club that you perform at a lot. It's and We've heard stories where like 16, 17, 18 of the 40 performers have paid work by the time they leave the club that week. And so it works well from both sides of the equation. I love that. Joe was about to say something nice about me before you interrupted Jason. So I, I knew like you got that. <laughs> I really like to hear that. I just said, we love your show. Yeah, you're I, so funny. The, the festival is, I'm really strict on the rules. Jason and I both are, but I mean, when I made them up, I, I did them in such a way that we could become friends with the comics because that way I had, because I was already a comic for many years. I had a lot of friends that were comics and they were like, can I get in the festival? I'm like, I'm not just going to let you in. You've got to go through the same procedures, everyone else. So I don't, even though I'm the owner and Jason's the VP of the world series, we don't really get to choose. We have a small portion in that choice, but there's other people involved and I give their choices equal weight, which gives us a chance to become friends with comics and really have fun with them and be friends. So, I mean, oh. whenever I see you register again, I, I, we, I was so happy because I'm like, oh, cool. She's really funny, but she's also fun to be around. And Jason and I really get excited each year when we see people. And there's some guys uh, that have done it for many, many years. And they've kind of, Jason, you said that's recently, they kind of graduate themselves out. They, they've, they've gotten everything they need out of the festival and they don't do it as much. And we're like happy for them, but we're also like, oh man, we really enjoyed hanging that's out. That's really refreshing, Joe. So it's like, I don't have to be friends with you. So that's a like a- No, no, not at all. You, I mean, your, your video is good enough that you can call me an asshole if you want. And oh my gosh. This yeah, year's gonna be amazing. Thank yeah. you. One of the things that uh, some people don't know about our festival is how you get selected to perform in these live That's events. That's a good point. Talk to me about that. So what you have to do is you have to submit a, a five-minute <laughs> video. Our suggestion on this is take advantage of all five minutes. Because if you submit uh -huh. three minutes, even if it's really strong, you're giving every other competitor an edge in time and the amount of material that they can share with the uh, judges. We commit to watching five minutes from every single video. So even if it's garbage, because there's people who are two days into comedy who want to jump into the deep end and register to a festival, uh, they can ask for notes and we can go, uh, you just need a little bit more stage time and experience and work on joke structure and persona and performance and writing, and then you'll be great. Uh, but in terms of our an audience, yeah, our, our, uh, our festival is you submit a, a showcase video. Our suggestion is edit it to the beginning of your prepared material, have it framed and in focus, invest 10 bucks on Amazon and buy a tripod, film and landscape, not portrait, Make sure it's well-focused, well-lit, so that you can see the act-outs and the micro-expressions. 
and has good audio don't have it sitting next to a table of your friends who jump on all your punchlines or a video this year that someone took over a minute before they talk yeah and so in the a lot of the rules that we have in place are to mimic real life circumstances so if you're sending a video clip to a booker they're not going to wait for a minute and a half for you to show up on stage if you're not telling it if you're not making them laugh in the first 20 to 30 seconds they might not even watch anymore like i said at the festival we watch five minutes and that's where we can provide constructive feedbacks like oh don't use your closer five minutes in a booker might not watch that long put your closer first so that you capture them and they want to watch more material and then the other thing too is make sure that you're creating a showcase set don't just take a five minute chunk from a longer video make sure that you practice the specific skill of showcasing your best prepared material. That's a really important skill for a developing comedian to learn how to do. Learn how to do a five, a seven, and a 12. And that'll give you the opportunity to do 25 and 45 at a club. But you can't just take a chunk of from minute 13 to minute 18 of a 30 minute set. It should be your best material. Sit down, write a list of your 20 best punchlines, figure out a way to tell 15 of them and save the other five as tags or throwaway lines in another joke. It's yeah, if you really, story. really want to get into a festival, not just ours, any festival or yeah. even a, a late night TV show or something like that, you should rehearse. You should practice. You should try to get that solid showcase set. I've had many headliners who have, that I've known, have been doing this for a long time that have signed up for the festival and they don't always get in right away. And everybody's like, man, that guy's a headliner. I go, he doesn't know how to showcase. Mm. They're so used to easing into their set. Whereas in a showcase, you got to be 100 miles an hour from the get-go. And the other thing that Joe always says, too, is like, make sure that you're really showcasing your personality and make sure that people get a sense of who you are when you walk off the stage. It's one thing to be a comedian who can just tell a bunch of generic jokes that any comic could tell. But when you get really personal in your material, you get very specific in your references and your analogies, that really helps you be memorable for a booker. So a booker can now say, okay, this is the female who has the joke about hanging out with all the Marines or the Navy guys, you know, and separate you from the rest of the crowd. Okay, so that, okay, so Joe, you kind of read my mind. So is it, I was going to ask, is that a similar skill to, as to um, trying to be on late night or a late night set? Yeah, I, there, when I had my show in Vegas, there was a, a comic friend of mine who uh, lives in Vegas, uh, Brian McKim. And he, I think I'm going on my 28th year. So he easily was doing 35 years in comedy. And he calls me up. He's like, hey, can I come do five minutes on your show? And I'm like, Brian, you, you can do as much as you want. You've been doing it forever. And he's like, I want to do five. I need to do five. I'm going to be on Conan. I think it was Conan. Uh, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, Craig Ferguson. So he comes down and does his five for every night because my show is five nights a week. He does it every night for, I think, think almost two months every he not over five minutes not under five right at five every night go, comes off rewrites down what he what worked what didn't work reworked it his uh craig ferguson set is incredible and he just slotted it on there and he sent me a message almost instantly after saying thank you for that and it so he rehearsed and practiced now i'm not saying the world series is anything close to the, the late night no thing but the, if you want to get on these shows you should you should be going to the open mics 
And if you know you're going to be doing five or seven minutes in the show, ask for five minutes. And if they say, oh, you can have 15, let your ego go and do five. Or as Jason has said before, do the five up front that you want to do and then throw some shit on at the end. Whatever, Mm -hmm. But do that five. Watch it, record it, go home, rework it, figure out what was good, what wasn't. And I, I love what Jason says there is put your closer up front, hit us. Cause when we're watching these videos, if you make me laugh in the first 30 seconds, 45 seconds, something like that. Now I'm Jason and I have t- discussed this many times. We get so frustrated when we're six or seven minutes into a video. It's good, but we're like, Oh man, we just, we're watching 500 videos in five minutes and we just watched seven minutes of somebody. That's a lot of time in our life, but we, that means we're having fun. We enjoyed it. Nice. Okay. I like and Joe it. has a really good tip too, just to tag on that really quickly. Film yourself every time you perform. It'll make you get over the nerves and you'll catch the lightning in a bottle set on film if you film every time. Because nothing worse than having like the showcase set of your life and only having it it's on so your It's so hard, Jake. It's so hard to get a camera that's nice nowadays. <laughs> so you can't find a camera anywhere or a tripod or all the things you need. It's, and you can't edit any, I paid, I think close to $500 to have my first video edited. I feel like if I forget my camera, then I know it's going to be a great night. You still have your phone though, right? Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I should do that instead. You should buy a tripod for your phone, keep it in your car and then have your, use your phone horizontal not vertically so it looks good uh-huh. and i mean i remember when i first started this festival if somebody sent me in a video from a phone they lost points i was bitching i was always like don't use your phone i had now i'm like use your phone so good they're yeah. so good now i and have Joe, a camera i have a like i bought a canon or whatever yeah. but you're Joe's right Joe's first submission video was a flip book <laughs> It was an etch a sketch. You had to draw me as I did my stuff. <laughs> fragile, like when he mailed it, it was like fragile. Do not shake. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like thirty-five etch a sketches. You yeah. just watched, looked at the first picture, then you flipped it to no. Go ahead. <laughs> He's so dumb. He used to heckle himself. <laughs> I, did, I did used to do that. That was one of my big bits. <laughs> All right, so we're going to come back to comedy and the World Series of Comedy because I want to talk about strategy and I want to talk about, you know, some of the, the nuances of the festival. Before we, but before we do, you know, this podcast is called Wings with Friends. You guys had some wings. I want to hear about those wings. Uh, who would like to go first? Tell me about the kind of wings you had. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I had uh, hot wings, as always. Sometimes I get them too hot, but these ones were... Okay. I, I, uh, there's a place in Pittsburgh called Quaker Steak and Lube. If you're ever- I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to get you to bring it up. Yeah, it's good. It's It's a mechanic. Yeah, the original one- gas station? Yeah. Well, the original one was Quaker Steak, uh, State, Quaker Steak and Lube. And it was a gas station. And they took the original gas station and turned it into Quaker Steak and Lube. But they became famous for their wings. And the original place was really cool because they would have cars hanging from the ceiling and all kinds of stuff. Okay. Now, I know in some other states, like the, the, like a lot of gas stations have like kind of like hot food in the back or almost like a. No, no, this was a, this was a this restaurant. used to be an old, old gas station 
uh, service station with the cars and stuff. And then they actually took the, the restaurant, the right. old gas station and turned it into a restaurant. And then they kind of got fairly big. They're, I think, I don't know if they're on a de decline here, but they kind of got big in Pittsburgh. They had their own, uh, they got it. Well, they used the, to sponsor the Penguins, right? Yeah, and they had that. They have them at the uh, football game or the baseball. Didn't I get them at the baseball game when we were there? You got a bucket of them. I got a you bucket got of wait, wait a second. I need to take control back here, you guys. So you just got hot wings. Like, so they're just buffalo style hot wings? Yeah, that's what I like. Yes. They uh, they have 6,000 other flavors, but I'm not going to go any other way. I don't know. Like, all right. And all then right. I made my own. I, I baked. I baked some that I uh, marinated in a um, whole cream, Frank's Red Hot, salt and pepper. I'd never done that before, but I've seen it before having worked in restaurants in the past. So I'm like, ah, this might make them a little bit more moist. And then I baked them for about 45 minutes. And then I tossed them in uh, equal parts butter and Frank's Red Hot. And then added some maple bacon syrup. And then parm cheese and blue cheese. So it's almost to, like a honey they hot. Yeah. yeah, they put syrup in everything in camp. We do, yeah. Oh, okay. So it, it was kind of made it like a honey hot type of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And then you, so is this, you kind of did like all dressed too, because you yeah. just put everything in there. And that's a Canadian thing I learned. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that our, our uh, chip, potato chip manufacturers do is they just scrape the barrel of the bottom of all the other flavors, put it together, and then create that flavor. So like the bottom of like sour cream and onion, salt and vinegar, ketchup, barbecue, barbecue they oh, all mixed just, together. And then that's a new flavor. It's called so all good. It's because you're it's like, oh, it's sweet. It's tangy. It's spicy. Oh, it, you know, um, it, it kind of it. tastes a little bit like Carolina hot sauce. Like okay. it's like that hot vinegary barbecue yeah. flavor. Yeah, it's good. Um, the there's a the New Orleans potato chips. Um, they have one. Uh, was it Zaps? They have a voodoo flavor and that tastes like all dressed also. Okay. Um, but I am fascinated with it because it's hard to find here, but when I find it, I'm like, hmm. Um, have you ever heard of cheesies? No. You watch your mouth. Cheesies <laughs> are, they're almost like a Cheeto, like a hard Cheeto. Okay. But, but they're more like corn bready, not bread, but corn, crunchy corn. Okay. So like you guys have corn chips, right? Yes. So imagine like compacting a corn chip and then dusting it in craft dinner cheese mix. Oh, interesting. They're very, very good. Okay. Okay. I like this. I like, you know, because after a while it's like, oh, I've had everything. I've tried everything, but you need to go to a different country and see what they're doing. You know, it's not. I'll bring you a pack of cheesies when I come Please back do. to Phoenix. Please do. And some all dressed stuff. Um, <laughs> so, okay. I, I, and some, okay. That's why we got invited. <laughs> so she can bring some Canadian snacks. Yeah. You can bring down a candy bar. What's that? Oh, Canada? Canada yeah. Oh, Henry. Yeah. Oh, Canada. I think we have those. So actually the first time I met you guys, we had some wings because it was at the House of Comedy Satellite and we went to the Mellow Mushroom and you ordered wings right away. And then I started talking to you about wings and your wing constitution, which we're going to do in just a moment. So is it a it's a staple for you? It seems like you you guys eat wings all the time. Yeah, we probably eat them in almost every city we go to. Yeah, I would say. I would Who say has the best wings? Yeah. Who well, else? I, I never used to be a huge wing dude, and then I became one of those keto assholes. And it's a really it's a staple along with like a lettuce wrap burger. 
at any restaurant, basically, you can get a low carb option of wings. And then I kind of really started liking them. And then they, they go well with sports and beer. So the only time I can eat both kinds of wings, the drumsticks and the paddles is when I'm on the road. Cause when I'm at home, I only get the drumsticks because my wife eats the paddles. Okay, so we're gonna get into that. No we're, we're gonna get into that in just a second, Joe. But I'm glad you brought it up. Um, <laughs> who? What city that you know? You've been all around now. Who has the best wings? Oh man, oh, there was some really good wings in St. Louis. Uh, we got together to meet with some of the um, kind of like some of the people who ran independent rooms in the city, just to oh, kind of yeah, introduce that, ourselves. Yeah, that one little dive bar, like up yeah, there. it was it was a dive barbecue joint. Uh, somewhere it's, it was near the Grove, but it wasn't in that district. It was called the South, South St. Louis bar and grill or something like that. And they, they barbecue grilled them. Uh, and they were kind of like a Cajun dry rub. They were really good. That sounds really good. Yeah. Rafe Williams. If you ever have him on, ask him about it. Okay. We'll do. What about you, Joe? Where's like the best wing you've had around the country? Oh man, honestly, I don't know. I like wings everywhere. I mean, I can't think of, I mean, sometimes like, yeah, I don't know, my mind's so bad anymore, but sometimes like I, there's been definitely some places where I'm like, oh, these ones are shit. They're no good. But I mean, usually wings aren't really that hard to make. If I know if, if you get it right, most there's bars, I mean, we, we always, we almost always find a really good bar that has good wings. I, I mean, that's something that I ask when we're in town and somebody always knows and we end up going to probably one of the best places that has wings. So we've never, we, maybe we should, this year we should just start asking who has the shittiest wings and we'll go there. Yeah, we'll do the reverse. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's kind of what led to me starting this podcast is because the wings are such a, like a fun food that you, if you're eating wings, you're probably with your friends, you're having a good time. It's kind of a community thing. So that's kind of why. Um, It's fun because it's a great, like, they're easy to eat. You can still talk. They're great after a show when we all go out and everybody can grab a bunch of wings and whatever's at the bar and eat. And we can still talk about the, you know, what happened at the show and things like that. We always, uh, when we're at the satellites, we try to have wings and we try to find barbecue. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a place in Colorado Springs that even though we've been there a number of years, someone took us for the first time last year and they had really good wings. Yeah, it was that one where it was like off to the side. It was like a okay, little. Okay, so annex. this one place in Colorado Springs yeah. off to the side. Yeah, we're great with names. We could yeah, drive there with our eyes closed, but couldn't tell I you the name. When the shows are over, I, I, I hope that somebody has figured out where we're eating and then we go and eat. And yeah. they got to have wings or burger or fry for me and then i'm good and and a, and a diet pepsi right <laughs> yeah yep. yep. he's a real um, picky eater i'm a picky eater but i'm nowhere near as picky as joe well that's where we get the best feedback i really love the feedback uh that i got yeah. over wings after the show so um so okay uh time for your wing constitution i'm gonna ask you both these questions and I'm going to go to Jason first and then Joe to get your answer, okay? I'm very nervous. You shouldn't be, but you need to follow directions. That's all. Well, I've ne- I don't know if I've ever passed a test. <laughs> now, this is more of like a personality test to find out what kind of person you are. All right, okay. Put this on your LinkedIn, you know. You, yeah. You've already got the first question really well. There's no wrong answers, Joe. Drummy yeah. or flat? I'm going to go with the drums. 
Okay, you're already screwed up because I was supposed to answer first. All right. Ah! You failed. Damn it. Damn it. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> um, go ahead first, and then I'll answer. My, my opinion actually has changed fairly recently. I was like drums only for the longest time. And probably in the last two years, I'm like, ah, I like the flats a lot better now. Why? What changed for you? Um, I think actually like ease of eating. Like uh, you can kind of break it apart and find some actual meat as opposed to like gnawing on like a little drumstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so my, my advice is for Jason here, just as a friend, uh, you should just continue to eat the drums. So maybe you still have a chance to get a female. What so, if she likes the drums? Well, then he'd be okay to change. But I, majority of women's eat, women eat the flats. That's what they do. Okay, you're stepping on my punchline, Joe. Remember I told you to behave in this? I got more questions. You okay. failed twice already in one question. I didn't Sorry. think it was possible to fail this. Yeah, time. I told you I'm not good with tests. We will get no. to it. No, you're, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, That's next question. Good. Hold on, maybe this will help. There are one, two, three, four, five questions. Okay, oh, so okay. question yeah, number two. Ranch or blue cheese? Neither. Blue cheese, 100%. Uh, neither. Okay, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, I usually get two blue cheeses. I get mine and I get hey, those. We're done with that question. Shut up. <laughs> no, we're not. Not until she says question number three. Question, question two number exists. three. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't remember when we talked about each one. Um, yeah, no, so, so no, I already moved on. Okay, number three. Oh, do you eat the carrots and celery that come with it or, or both or neither? I eat two parts celery and one part carrot. So I'll put just, you do the veggies. I do both. Okay, what about you, Joe? I only eat the carrots and I think that's why Jason only eats two parts celery and one part <laughs> carrot. Usually gives me the carrots. I find what? the celery is a good receptacle to eat more blue cheese. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't like the sauces, so it makes sense. It, like, when we're out eating dinner, we're very much like an old married couple. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take this off your plate, and I'm like, I'm going to take that off your plate. And, like, people around us who don't really know us that well are like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, before it's even done, he has all the salary. I have all the carrots. He, he took all the blue cheese or whatever the hell yeah. the white stuff is on my plate. You're, you're proving my point here. This is so good. I'm so glad you guys are so for each other um you like a dry rub or a sauced wing um mine is very mood based uh i would say in general sauced he's like a woman yeah <laughs> that's probably not good uh i like it wet and just sloppy sauce just like a woman joe yeah. um all right last question and we'll put this all together how many wings can you eat? What's your number? Ooh, 12 max. Yeah, me too. Joe's <laughs> <laughs> 12 men. Probably both 12. Is that's my cap and that's his four. 18 to 24 is standard for me. 24. Um, yeah. My question is, is what do you eat an hour after, Jason, when you're hungry again? No, I had wings last week and I was like, <laughs> I left the bar. I was like, I'm hungry again. That's so funny. Um, you eat an hour after. You're I mean, it is the smallest part of the chicken. Yeah. Okay. So your uh, wing constitution, Joe, you are a DX 
CS12. No, wait, shoot. See, you know what? I had your names. Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe I just put that one wrong. Okay, Jason. You're an FB vs 12 and joe you're a dxcs 24. Okay. um so knowing this now now you can kind of figure out who your perfect partner would be you know or what the per like you said your wife likes um the paddles uh which is but one of my favorite I, I would like the paddles too i just never had that choice that's really <laughs> nice that's nice of you to give that up that's i think what marriage might be about yeah that's um, right the paddles I think, about the paddles i think that like <laughs> so i think like an, an f and a d so that's a, a flats and a drummy i think they're really compatible but i think yeah. two people who like blue cheese are very compatible because it's such a you know um specific thing you know and you can kind of crave stinky blue cheese together you know yeah it's a it's a very acquired taste i didn't like blue cheese till i was probably 25 or 30 uh, it's very much on the umami spectrum of food consumption and i was like if this isn't mustard a bun and a hamburger patty i don't want to eat it until i was about 25 and then i kind of like opened up to a few more different things to eat i agree and i think i want i i, I really like blue cheese also and i think i like it because i wanted to eat like i like that before i like wings or something like i I just wanted those flavors together. You just felt like you should have wings so it didn't look like you were just eating a bunch of blue cheese. I put, uh, I I put yeah. actual blue cheese on my steak now. So I had a steak well, last night and I put thing to do. blue cheese on it. It was good. Mm. Uh, have you, do you know who Dave Williamson is? Yeah, he's been on the podcast. Okay, great. And he talked about flats and did he talk about his joke? Um, I don't remember. Because he has a joke about eating a flat and getting stuck in his... Yes, mouth. he told the story okay. on the podcast. It's disgusting and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also... he's, a, he's a World Series alum. He oh, finished, nice. He finished so third in 2012, yeah. I think. Yeah, he took, came in third twice. And oh, he wow. got so... He, he was so frustrated and he, he's so talented. So, But he would call me up right before the registration would close and he'd be like, is registration open for your stupid fucking festival? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. And he goes, I fucking hate you. Every year I try to get booked the week of the festival so I don't have to see you. I don't want to come. I don't want to be around you. I'm going to sign up. I'll see you in Vegas. Like, oh, he was, bless his heart. He's so mad that he ended up doing it again. And yeah. I, I think he's so, doing just fine now. He always, <laughs> he's he a great example right. of someone working hard to get success yeah like a, a real comedy example of the lucky you are relates exactly to how much hard work you put into it. yeah, yeah. He, um, he was ready to quit comedy and he came out and won third place so him and his wife and their kids sold their house got an rv he called all the clubs he won work from with the festival and worked his way across the country to LA and that's where he's been since and he stopped in at Vancouver on the way so he he did rumors that was probably 2012 Vancouver. yeah so that's um, I met him I met him when I worked at the comedy club before I was working for the festival um Dave made his own uh wings for the episode also oh, cool. and he used like a Chick-fil-a sauce with it which was Ooh. so cool uh, and then he was doing his tour and uh and he did a show at Little Miss Barbecue which is the best barbecue I told you guys to go there but you didn't yeah. go there um, did you guys go there? You didn't go there. 
We didn't go to your economy. But he did a show there. Anyways, we'll go to Little Miss Barbecue next time. But um, yes. yes. So uh, thank you, Dave Williamson. He's the third star of this podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) He's great. great. Send him some tickets to his own show. That's that's his big closer is that he he was in some contest and the prize was tickets to a comedy show. He won and it was tickets to his own show. Yeah. I think I saw that when I went to the show at the barbecue. But he told the chicken wing story on the podcast, which was really cool. Um, I've got his uh, dry rub in my cupboard right now. Well, that sounds like a euphemism. It's not. It's literally a dry rub for poultry. (laughs) Okay. You choose to believe what you choose to believe. Hold on a second. (laughs) This is an audio podcast. Yeah, you don't need to get up and get it. Well, just still Joe and I are going to say we don't see yeah. anything. Yeah, I have just, a small apartment. so this We're still going to say we don't see it because it's audio. I also like that you got the wrong one the first time. Yeah. They would be so proud. Yeah, we see nothing. We don't even see you now. No. We yeah, hijacked the though. podcast. Okay, I knew this was going to happen. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry. He's um, sorry. <laughs> So where were we? Oh, we were talking about your wing constitution. So I guess, um, yeah, that's done. Um, <laughs> we ruined that. We get along well. I steal his vegetables and his sauce. He gets some of my drumsticks. I get some of his flats or vice versa, depending on the mood. So it works out okay. Sure. Anyway, so yeah. let's getting back to uh, getting back to World Series of Comedy. Let me ask you this. So, and I think, I mean, I know, I feel like I know the answer. We've kind of been um, talking about this already, but there is a grand prize. There is like a winner. Uh, What is the benefit of winning? And do you need to win to reap any benefit? Uh, No, I I, I don't think you need to win. I I, honestly, if a comic would get a hold of me and tell me the only reason they're registering for the festival is to win, I would tell them to keep their money and not register. I don't think that's why you should register for the festival. And I, I understand all of us want to win and you're going to do what you can to win and winning is fun and winning is cool. But one of my favorite things that happens at the festival is when somebody who uh, didn't win or didn't move on or possibly wasn't even in the top one-on-one, maybe just came out to be part of the festival, comes up to me and tells me, oh man, I'm having so much fun. I met this booker and I got a week of work there. That's huge to me because they they came out and they're getting something for not winning. I mean, the winners get what they get. I mean, that's they we work hard to get the work for them and and they worked hard to win and that's cool and I'm excited for them. But when somebody gets something out of this festival from just being around and being there and doing the work, man, that's a lot of fun. I would say that probably the most successful comedian in terms of leveraging opportunity into paid work and then allowing that to convert their personal life from working part-time and being comedy part-time to doing comedy full-time is DJ Sandu. And DJ finished top 16, I think, in 2015 and again in like 2017 or something. He's never won it, but he's developed probably enough relationships to have 35 to 40 weeks of paid work around the country. There's this great story, maybe Joe, you can tell about him contacting us when we were in Colorado Springs. Oh yeah, he uh, he got a hold of me when we were doing Colorado Springs, and he's like, 
hey, I can fly. I, I'm able to fly anywhere for free. Can I, will you come out and can I come out and do a spot in one of the shows? And I'm like, yeah, I'll let you do that. So he goes, I want to work at the club. So he came out to do it. And uh, Eric, Eric's a great guy, the owner of uh, uh, Looney's uh, Comedy Corner in Colorado. He's great. But he was working the bar and running around. And I went out to the bar and I said, hey, this guy flew in from Sacramento so you could see five minutes of him. Get your ass in the room and watch him. After the show, uh, he got hired to headline. That's yeah, so and he came out to showcase for a guest spot or future work. So, it was, so it, it was so fun, yeah. And, and DJ, uh, DJ's smart too because he's like, man, I got a lot of shit out of this festival. How can I keep coming to the festival? So then he presented a uh, business seminar to me. He's like, can I do this? And I'm like, show me what you got. You know. So he got on the phone, he wrote the whole thing presented it to me and he's done it, I think four, three or four times now. It's good. He, it's kind of fun where I, it made me think, oh man, this is another avenue to go with comedy. I'm helping the comics get work, but now I'd like to, this is something that we've Jason and I've talked about. And I'm trying to do it, but we haven't had time to get it done, but I'd like to have like mini seminars with the comics because there's, these comics have so many other talents that's, like there's comics out there that are wizards with social media. Yeah. So if I could let them have a few minutes to maybe they've never given a seminar, but it's something they want to do. If I can let them have that 10 or 15, 20 minutes to do a little mini seminar, maybe other comics will get something out of it and they'll start getting the knowledge on how to do it and learn and could get a video that they could possibly use for something else. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's About great. three years ago, we asked some comics just for some, we were revamping the website and we wanted to include a few like video highlights or testimonials. And so we sent out an email asking if anyone has anything nice to say about the festival, you know, send something in. If you have something nasty, send something in too. That's the thing with Joe and I is like, we're super transparent. Yeah, if anyone has a question about the festival, our website has our email addresses and our phone numbers. You can contact us, text us, call us. We'll answer any question that you have about the festival. But we got some of these testimonial backs, testimonials back. And one really great one was from a guy named Kojo Prince uh, based out of Florida. And what he said on it goes back to your original question. He said, there can only be one champion of the World Series of Comedy every year, but everyone who attends the main event can win. Yeah. You can win work, you can network, you can build your brand, you can figure out ways to get more paid work. And it's worth going because everyone who goes can walk away a winner. He and said so I thought that, that was really the good. way I wrote it for him. <laughs> There's no chance. Joe's dyslexic. There's 0% chance he wrote that. You're right. Okay. Well, tell me more about the satellites because I think that's what people ask me about, have been asking me about. Even I have questions about. So I, so it looks like this. Do you have to go to all the satellites? Um, what... What should you, what do you recommend there? Like, like for me, I'm like, I can't go to all of them, but I'm trying to be strategic. Like what's the deal with the satellites? Well, so, I think the thing to know first is how to get it. So when you register for the World Series of Comedy, you're not registering for the satellite events. You're registering for the main event that's going to be held in the third week of September in Las Vegas. That's when you can go and you can network and there's going to be 150 comics. We have the contest for the top 101. Joe and I also make sure that there's stage time for comedians outside of the top 101. So they have the same opportunity to get paid work during that week. Then depending on when you register with the festival, you get the option to add on satellite events, which are live showcases around the country. 
And so based on your video score and who else has opted in to participate at whichever live satellite, we then rank the scores and offer the opportunity to the top 40. Not all 40 accept because there might be issues with logistics or travel. And so then if someone drops up, then whoever was 41st on the list gets invited and so on and so on until we have 40 comedians confirmed that they're gonna be there for that week's festival uh, in that live satellite. In terms of choosing which ones are best for you. I got uh, this. Yep. Cool. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> uh, just say uh, the first one is no. Answer is no. You don't have to come to every satellite. Uh, you and I would tell any comic to look at our list of satellites. And if there's any club that you've been trying to get into or that you really want to work at or have them see you, then sign up for that one. If you're only signing up for one, but you're signing up during one of our times when you can pick more than one satellite, like I just had a comic sign up and uh, I think it, uh, she said she only wanted to do Myrtle Beach, the, the club in Myrtle Beach. I said, well, why don't you pick the ones before it? That, for a couple of reasons. One, it, I think a lot of comics think I'm gonna get mad if you drop out and, and I don't. If you let me know early and let me know soon enough, there's 75 comics below you that are so happy that you dropped out. They get moved up. They get to take the spot. I hate if, saying I can't go. It, it makes me so sad, but then. Yeah, but if you let you, you let me know soon enough, then I just pull your name out and somebody else gets to moved up into a spot. So they're, ha they're happy. And yeah. we have the thing that pisses us here. off is if, if someone drops out last minute yeah. and we can't pass along that opportunity to someone right. else. Yeah, I really love comedy and I get really frustrated when like we show up in an event and somebody doesn't show up on a Wednesday. I mean, I've gotten so mad. I've called them. I go, why the hell are you not here? Oh, I just couldn't make it. I go, why don't you get on the phone and call the 120 comics below you that would have loved to have your spot. I said, you didn't fuck me. You fucked them. And I get, I, I was so mad. I mean, because there's comics at home every time the top 40 goes out going, Oh man, I didn't make it in. And then, just today, somebody dropped out of the Ohio satellite. That's our first one. And I sent an email to some, uh, a comic in New Jersey. And within three hours, he was like, yeah, I'm taking a spot. And he, and he confirmed. He's so happy. He was so happy to get in late like that. And that kind so of thing gets you blackballed from a club. Like if it was a paid job and you don't call, like no show, they're like, we're not calling them again. Correct. And, and we've had club owners go, hey, why, I saw this person's name on the list. Why are they not here? I never go into a club saying uh, bad mouthing anybody. I never, I mean, no matter how much someone, but if I am asked by the club, I say they just canceled. They just didn't show up. And they, I've seen them make notes. I think the point Joe was getting to before we distract him was if you register for the few events prior to the one you really want to attend, then you will get a sense of whether you're already sort of in the top 40. Oh. Like if you would have got into say Plano, Texas before Colorado Springs, then you're like, okay, I'm probably safe with that video for Colorado Springs. But if you don't get into the top 40 to one of the events prior to the one you want to attend, yeah. it gives the opportunity to ask for feedback on your video submission, go and make some corrections, film a new one and resubmit it. And hopefully the score increases. Uh, we don't allow people to submit more than two videos a year. That's really nice. Second shot. Like. Yeah, yeah. If you get into a satellite, you're locked with that video for the rest of the year. Uh, if you submit a second video, 
and it's not as strong as the first, we'll still keep your score from the first. So there's no real downside. And if you come to a satellite, you get extra points out of your score. Okay, that's what I want to know about. So you get points when you go to a satellite, and that will help you. So if you're on a Wednesday, you get a half a point added to your score. Doesn't sound like a lot, but sometimes there's – there might be 10 comics with a score of 74 and you might Especially have when we get to the morning break five. So yeah. you just put yourself above all of them. Did you say you get an extra half if you go on a Wednesday? Yep. On the wild card night. And then on the, on the, the second round shows, which would be Thursday and Friday at most satellites, some of the dates are different. It's another one point there. And then if you make it to Saturday, I, I can try to remember all this. I think it's two points. And then if you make it to the final, like top three, you get four points out of your school. Okay. With a maximum of eight points for the year. Okay, good. So you can't yeah. just keep going to satellites. If you go to all 12 of them, you're not going to get 12 The real world of implication of this is last year, there was a comedian who probably was like right on the border of getting to the top 40 at all of the events. By the time we got about halfway through the season, they had attended two or three of the early ones. And the bonuses they received from the first couple got them into the top 40 automatically for the rest of the year. Huh. And so, then that helped them get into the top 101. Yeah. So you guys really just love, I can tell you just love all this kind of numbers and the world. Do you have like a big board where you kind of play with all these things with your poker brains and you're just like, like that's the sound we make for sure. Yeah. That's 100% yeah. the sound we make. Yeah. I'm a big spreadsheet guy, but I'm also dyslexic and I'm really bad with numbers. So <laughs> I, I double check and check and check like crazy to make sure I'm not making any mistakes. And uh, my wife helped me tremendously for many, many years. And then uh, when Jason came on board, Jason's a, a little bit of a math head. Uh, like you say a couple numbers. Math. Yeah. Yeah, because he math, is math head. Math head. Yeah. yeah, math head. Yeah, I'm counting on my fingers and he is figuring out stuff really fast. No, when we were talking about watching a tape, he was like 15 minutes and then 18 minutes. And I was like, he knew that just right off the bat. Oh, yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> we'll we'll be like, when the scores come in for one of the satellites, they come into my computer, my laptop. Whenever the audience votes, whenever all the judges, and at the main event, Lots of times I'm not, might not even be in the showroom, but all the scores are coming into my laptop and we're looking at the scores coming in and then we get, they go to a spreadsheet and I'm looking at them to try to figure out who won. And Jason goes, Oh, it's so-and-so. And I go, could you let me have the glory just for a second to figure it out? Like I just let me discover it. And he's like, well, okay. If you want to take an extra five minutes or 10 minutes to figure it out, but the numbers show. And I'm like, ah, oh, what an ass. Well, I mean, sort of getting back to your to your point, Mary, is like the, the more the more numbers we add to this and the more judges that are involved in the video submissions, the less direct influence Joe and I have. And it adds transparency and optics to the process of who gets chosen for the top 40. Or process. Uh, yeah, both of those things. Yeah, or process, uh, process. So it's one of those things where it's like, we make it convoluted a little bit, but that's to ensure the integrity of the festival. I think that's so if anyone ever questions it, we yeah. can just say, this is how it goes. We'll absolutely let you know. We never share the actual numbers of the score, but we could be like, you were three places away from advancing or you were yeah. 
I so we can just blame the audience then. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that was idiots. Oh man. But um I like that though, because even if you get your feelings hurt, um you go, I, I mean for myself, you even go, well, I, I get it. There's a process behind it. It's not magic. It wasn't favorites. It wasn't, you know, all the things people like to blame things on other than their own comedy. Um, and then same thing, I felt the same way about the feedback that you gave. And it was like the first time I met you and wasn't sure if you were just loud, mean people, but you're like loud, nice people, which is really great. Um, but it was like, some of the feedback was helpful and some, you know, some of it was like, ah, but then it was like, oh, it's, it's true. So you can't, right. you can't say that at that. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that's, that, that stands out for Joe and I, specifically as it relates to you is after having seen you perform live and getting to know you in person, you're a fantastic stand-up comic. You're ex you're very talented at what you've chosen to pursue. The submission video you sent us for 2021 wasn't the best reflection of that, okay. which caused your score to be slightly lower than it probably deserved to be if we were just seeing everybody live. The logistics of seeing 700 people live is impossible. So we have to go on video submissions. And so I think some of the feedback that night was, you're stronger live than you are in your performance. So it's gonna be great because you'll be able to get this tape from tonight that you can use in the future that shows how strong you really are. And I think you probably hadn't been in the mindset where, oh, I actually should be practicing showcasing as opposed to just sending in a five minute clip from one of my good shows where I did well. I, and saw, so, I saw you her live at the LA Comedy Club. I remember you tell me about it. Before I saw your video, but yeah. I knew you had registered, but I hadn't watched your video yet. And uh, I called Jason and I said, oh, I just saw Mary. She killed it. She's so funny. And he's like, yeah, her video was shit. That's what you go. No, he didn't say that. I'm just kidding. Thank <laughs> but, you. Thank yeah. you for saying that. And, and it also leads to another thing I wanted to talk about. Well, we don't talk about too much, but um, I feel like there's a thing in comedy where it, it is a gamble. You have to invest a little bit and kind of have this leap of faith. And I always get frustrated when I hear people like, should I submit or should I save my money? And it's like, that's not the question. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the question you should be asking. If you can afford it, you should apply to everything thinking you won't get into anything and then be kind of pleasantly surprised when something comes back. Like, I don't know. And so the, the week I went to Las Vegas and I was, it was to showcase and get a guest set. I was trying to do stuff, but it was a big investment without no guarantees. I didn't know I was going to see you. And that took things in a whole different trajectory for me, just uh, doing that and then getting into a satellite. And then, and then I got then really you created your own luck again. Yeah. It, yeah. So, you know, and if you, if I didn't, um, and I'm thinking about that right now, I'm like, Oh, I really want to go, but should I invest the money? And it's like, well, you, I know what's going to happen. If you don't go nothing. Yeah. 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 Comedy at the feature level is a loss leader. Kind of like what they talk about in a grocery store. It's like you're giving away the milk to get people to walk in the door. Uh, At the feature level, if you're breaking even, you're doing well. And so what we do at the main event is some of these seminars are about how you can monetize your intellectual property to help supplement your income while you're going through this break-even phase of your career. So we've had people who've come out and done voiceover seminars so that from home with a under a hundred dollars setup from Amazon, you can start making money doing voiceover work. You can do audiobooks. you can do cartoons, you can do Foley work, whatever. Okay. And then there's also 
DJ does his seminar on finances. It's about how to reduce costs on the road and increase revenues. Yeah. He's talking about you should be doing merch. You should be doing all these other things to help supplement your income. And then other ways to monetize your intellectual property, like sell jokes to late night shows, stuff like that. Find a comedian that's very similar to you. If they have to do a stand-up special once every year, they're not creating 60 minutes of material on their own once a year. Maybe you can sell them a joke or two. So there's ways for you to supplement your income while you're still in the, I guess, quote unquote, developmental stage of your career. And then once you're out on the road, like a DJ or a Wyatt Cote or Paul Conyers or any number of the other winners of our festival or people who've done well, like Kabir Singh or Josh Blue, who've participated in our festival and gone on to great things, it takes time to turn it into a full-time job. And one of the things that the World Series of Comedy focuses very much on is to try and help you develop the skills that you need during that transitional phase. And so that's through the seminars at the main event and the exposure that we offer at the live satellites in the main event around the country. Did you, uh, did I hear you say earlier that it'll be in Vegas again this year? We're hoping, we're working really hard to make that happen. We have some good leads and some good things happen. I normally hate not knowing the location. This, I used to, would, I wouldn't even put out, open up registration until I had the location secure. But then COVID kind of changed that around and and we, Jason and I have learned that we can kind of hold off. I feel like we're going to be out there. When are we out there? Uh, the 26th to 28th of April. We're going to be at Notoriety downtown on Fremont. They hosted our, our um, registered comic shows, the shows outside of the top 101 last year at the main event. And we had so much fun there that we're going back for the actual satellite event. Yeah, I'll be computer. there April 9th performing at Laugh After Dark. Nice. Yeah, and so we're filling in that same room at the Robin Leach. Yeah, so we feel like we'll come out of that week knowing where we're going to be. There's a couple meetings we have, and um, we're hoping to make a big announcement after that week. And that's kind of in the middle of the three-week stretch between uh, Phoenix, Las Vegas, and Sacramento. And we have six, just because of the timing for the Vegas event, we have five or six days layover in Vegas, which is just torture for Joe and I. There's like, we'll barely be able to play poker four or five or six of those six days. And then uh, do a little bit of work from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on the festival. You guys have really set up your lives nicely just to do all the things you want to do. I mean, which, I mean, it's the American Canadian dream, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> The Canadian dream is to become American and then move back to Canada. <laughs> well, and think about America. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm so excited. Um, I'm really happy that, um, you know, I, I, I last year was such a good experience and I'm sitting here yeah. having a you podcast. did so well too. Thank you. I mean, not, not well enough, but you know, like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly believe that if you wanted to work in any club around the country, you could. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, they, they got to email me back. Uh, I did get two. I, I got one. Who are you trying to get into? What club? Well, we'll talk about it, but I did earn one week of, of work from my appearance there. Um, I have one club booker that I'm, you know, really trying to stay on. And then I did earn another week of work, but it was probably a combination. I was leading up trying to get that one, but two weeks ain't bad. And then some more contact. So, so who, who, who's the work that you got? I got a week at the comedy catch in ten. No, I'm sorry. I got a weekend at the comedy catch in Tennessee. Oh, um, great! And then um, 
had, had to reschedule it because the, the, the storm in earlier this month. So, but I did get new dates. So I'm excited about that. And then I had been working on this, but it all kind of came together with LA comedy club. And I worked there for a whole week, uh, oh, in early December. Yeah. Which is fun. Now I'd like and to what, any other club, what other clubs are you trying to, that you're having a hard time with? Um, I'm trying to get into the, like you sent the list, but the, um, um, I want the, like the loonies and the, um, that's the one in Colorado. Um, so Eric at Colorado. All of them, all of them. I mean, I'm sending stuff. Yeah, to yeah but uh, so Looney's and uh, Jeff is a great guy, and he just recently told me that he is trying to hire more because of the World Series and hire more people outside of his loop. Because Jeff has been doing. Sometimes he gets uh, stuck in a rut. He, I'm okay to say this if he hears me, but uh, he, I love Jeff and he's been running great clubs for many years, but he was booking the same comics for a lot, a lot of years. And he finally started to open up and get more. Uh, I'm happy if you send an email to either one of them, when next time you send an email to them, copy me on that email and I will uh, throw in a note that says how great you did with the festival. Thanks yeah, so I, I know the Wichita Looney Ben for sure has been featuring a lot of World Series of Comedy performers recently. Well, I mean, I, I think you're valuable because you're a really funny, funny female. Yeah. So Thanks. it's just something different on the show. And and I think a lot of club owners and bookers are looking for that just so they can have something, you know, the, just so the poster looks different. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really comes down to just that. Yeah. Um. I, but, but that's kind of influenced my strategy this year. I'm like, well, I'm going to try to make sure I go to more satellites than I did last year. I just have to be really proactive about it and kind of plan to go before I get in and then kind of adjust accordingly is what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. And a good thing to do too, is like, um, look on the top 40 list and see who the locals are, contact them through Facebook or whatever, or contact them through us and find out if you can leverage a visit there coming in on the Tuesday and get a paid Tuesday night gig. That could help with the costs or whatever, you know, like there's a lot of little extra networking around the satellites that you can do leading into going to an event that can help subsidize some of the costs that you have yeah. for the event itself. See, this is like uh, the kind of like personal coaching you get when you're in the World Series of Comedy family. So lucky me. Lucky yeah, us. And that's why anybody sure. listening, if you're thinking about submitting you want to be a part of it like just do it already like you're not going to regret yeah. doing it you, you will likely regret not doing it so that's always my commercial yeah it's pretty easy to sign up they can just go to the world series of comedy.com and joe's probably going to give them 100 million extra bonus satellites they can sign up to because right now the, the march specials you're supposed to get four add-ons yeah. i think yeah so if they say they heard it on this podcast I will promo code wings <laughs> promo code wings or just your name or anything will give them eight satellites they can pick oh my gosh use promo i always wanted to have a promo code there uh, you go. eight <laughs> satellites i love how this satellites. is on your podcast and joe's holding whole number i can count i'm dyslexic yeah we'll give them eight satellites <laughs> He's, he's flipping me off now just for the, the um, listeners at home. Uh, it's been such a joy to talk to you, but I have one last question before we sign up. Um, Jason, Joe, last meal. You're on. I don't mean to be so morbid, like you're on death row or maybe you're on a desert island. You can have, you know, what is your, what would your last meal be? For sure, my favorite food on the planet, exponentially higher than the second favorite food 
is Jamaican patties. I love me a Jamaican patty. The little, like, it's like a little pie kind of? Yeah, it's kind of like a Cornish pastry, but yeah. it's like a flaky pastry, mm -hmm. and it's filled with kind of like a curry stew. It's really good. That's your last meal. And would, what would go with it? Any dessert? Any accoutrements? I just eat two of them. They come in little brown paper bags. I eat two or three of them until two? I eat myself. It's your bed. last meal? You're not going to spurge? Have four? Okay, I'll have four. You eat two? You're like, oh, I don't want to die bloated. Well, maybe what I would say is I, I would like try and screw with the devil. I'd be like, I'll eat two as my last meal and only eat one and leave the other one there and never have to die. That's yeah. my immortality uh, worker. Very, very clever. Bullshit. I see somebody make a sandwich out of two, like put a whole chopped cheese in the middle of two Jamaican patties. But that's oh, a very, yeah, it was pretty. Anyway, that's what's a chopped right. cheese. Okay, so there's this guy on TikTok. He's got he's like a bodega in like New York or somewhere, and he just makes these a chopped cheese is like kind of like a ground beef with cheese and like sandwich, almost like a Philly cheesesteak, okay. but like ground beef and then peppers. And he just makes these really cool sandwiches. And if they'll ask him for like, can I have it in between French toast or can I have it in between these ah. pop tarts? But I've seen them do a Jamaican patty and then do a whole breakfast sandwich on the inside. Anyway. It sounds like you would die if you ate that anyways. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, looks that, pretty good. Kind of the grossest thing I've eaten is the Schmitter at a Philadelphia Phillies game. That's it what was... I call my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I go to White Castle. It was basically I call my asshole the Schmitter. fried bologna sandwich with <laughs> uh, tomato and um, tomato and Thousand Island dressing uh, and sauteed cabbage, maybe? Yeah, it was eat when like you're, you know, it's not payday yet or, or your, your dad got yeah. laid off. <laughs> in the 80s. Like, my grandmother used to have my grand, my grandmother was really funny. She, uh, her big depression meal was they would eat jam sandwiches. And I'm like, oh, grandma, that's not too bad. She's like, well, actually, we were so poor. We would just take two pieces of bread and jam them together. I'm like, okay, that's cute. <laughs> good grandma joke. Oh, that's good. Thanks for throwing that in. <laughs> Fucking hack. She's dead. You have some respect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was her last meal. Fucking two less. <laughs> jammed together. And then we jammed her in the coffin and then jammed her in the ground. <laughs> and also, you call it jam. Um, yeah. Jelly, asshole. Jelly doesn't have fruit in it. Jam has fruit in it. There's two. Jam don't shake like that. Wait. <laughs> Joe, what's your last meal? Uh, well, I feel like I should say wings. Yeah. We're you know, on you say whatever you want. <laughs> Probably a really good steak. Mm. I, yeah. like, I like me a nice Nobody steak. asked me, but that would be mine, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were going to ask you. Jason, you I, Jason, anything. Jason just texted me. He's like, you think we should ask her? And I said, should yeah, we ask Or my wing preference. Nobody asked about that. But that's okay. Yeah. I'm used to it. Uh, um, I think your, your wing constitution is an IN... I N J T. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a good communicator. <laughs> um, you can put a, you put this on your dating profiles, your LinkedIn, and that way you can right. get real matches. Hey, look, I got a new piece of like a handout. I got some art done Love and I put it on a postcard. Look, I'm going to hand these out. Say follow nice. me. I like Very it. Smart. That's like funny. It. Yeah. Does that have your website on it? um sure no it just says my instagram you know i always forget something whenever i hit prints or hit purchase like <laughs> way, way to crush her jason dumbass we can no, just privately plus dollars on the artist and then another come on 
And you can just put .com after your name on the little. So each thing. one I'll go in and just with a Sharpie. Yeah. Joe's got a Sharpie you can borrow. Oh, yeah, you can order stickers. Are you wearing your Sharpie right now, Joe? Joe has a Sharpie hip holster. No, I don't have a holster. I just stick it in my pocket. No. Yeah. I not a Sharpie, Jason. <laughs> okay, before this devolves any further, you guys, yeah, thank you demanding. so much for being here. What? Where, Here's my Sharpie. That's a, that's not a Sharpie. It's a nice one. It's a monk yeah, it monk. Oh. Oh, excuse, that's like the kind you get when you retire from teacher school. <laughs> yeah, this is a Sharpie case. It's the kind you can get if you steal supplies from an art store. Somehow you got that into the podcast. Way to go, asshole. <laughs> is that like what a celebrity would sign like their books with? Yeah, that's right. Your left boob. <laughs> All right. What do you want people to do? Uh, follow you? Where can they find World Series of Comedy? What should they do? Our website is theworldseriesofcomedy.com backslash registration if you want to sign up. Uh, our Instagram and Twitter are both at WSOC Festival. And our Facebook page is just facebook.com slash theworldseriesofcomedy. The. The. Don't forget the. And capitalize the T. <laughs> We're very pedantic. Joe I doesn't get, know what the word means, but he knows that. I get pedantic. really mad about it, whatever that yeah. pedantic means. Well, thank you so much for being here. Everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Wings with yeah. Friends. Follow us on, on Instagram, Wings with Friends, and follow Mary Up Church Comedy. I would appreciate it. And go to and a go w- see her live. She's super funny. Yes, thank you. I've got lots of dates coming up. Just check out my website, maryupchurchcomedy.com. Until then, for Jason and Joe, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. Yay.